Local government touches the lives of every resident in almost countless ways, both big and small. Here at Cumberland City Council, it's no different, and we recognise that it can be difficult to keep up with all the issues that matter to you. The purpose of this podcast is to highlight topics from each council meeting where the work council undertakes at the coalface impacts residents across a broad spectrum. On episode two of the podcast, Cumberland City Council Manager of Strategic Communications, Julia Phipps, sat down with Mayor Steve Christou for an update on happenings at the last two council meetings. So we'll start off with the 16th of June, 2021. Now, I understand the operational plan as well as the fees and charges were adopted. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, thank you, Julia. Uh, With the operational plan, it basically means we'll have money for upgraded playgrounds, new roads, footpaths and ongoing sports and recreation programs. And they're just some of the exciting activities planned for Cumberland City Council over the next year. I understand you also adopted planning controls for the Granville Town Centre. We definitely did. Planning controls for Granville Town Centre and surrounds open for public comment with a development control plan and public domain plan. New planning framework for development at targeted sites that capitalise on land use opportunities for housing diversity and jobs growth and supports connectivity and livability objectives. Great, sounds really exciting. And you also looked at a similar thing for Maryland's and Guildford. Uh, tell us more about that. Yeah, we're definitely opening up uh, planning controls for comments for Maryland's and Guildford, and they will be sent to the Department for Planning for endorsement. Planning controls for targeted sites in response to landowner proposals, Burnett Street Neighbourhood Centre, including 6 Burnett Street and 2 Ruth Street, and 2 Fowler Road, Maryland's. Marylands Road, Marylands, between Burnett Street and Chetman Road, 7 to 10 Wayman Place, Marylands, Marylands Road, Marylands, east of the station, 32 and 34 Marion Street and 2A Bury Road, Guildford. And of course, Victor Brazier Park at Guildford, round the corner from where I reside. Great. And also you looked at uh, some planning controls in the Auburn Town Centre and Lidcombe as well. So what sites will that target? Planning controls for those sites will be in response to the landowner proposals. So they'll be targeting the Jillibaloo Precinct in Auburn between Station Road, Darbrook Road and Jillibaloo Parade, Auburn Road, Auburn between Beatrice Street and Helena Street and Child Street, Lidcombe the interface with Chadwick Reserve. And so all of these planning controls, you've obviously reviewed them and looked at them. So what will the impact be on the area with changing these planning controls? It will allow for better residential way of living, but also better development. We want to modernise our suburbs and cities and we want traffic to flow through there freely, but also at the same process, we want to see development happen. So we think this is a good balance for both residents and businesses to thrive. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. And now moving on to the 7th of July 2021 meeting, you put forward a couple of mayoral minutes there. Maybe firstly, if you explain what a mayoral minute is. A mayoral minute is my way of putting up a motion. Because I'm the chair of the chamber and the mayor, I don't have the ability to speak and debate on issues or move a motion. So my way of moving a motion is through a mayoral minute. 
and I'll propose something that I would like to see come to fruition and I would read out a mayoral minute and that, that is essentially my motion. Great. And so the July 7 meeting, you put forward a couple of mayoral minutes. The first one was in relation to the two Blues rugby team and that was unanimously carried, so voted by, by all the councillors to support it. Tell us a little bit more about that one. Yeah, absolutely. Look, um, the two Blues rugby union team, they're the local rugby union team that represents not only the Cumberland City Council community, but many other areas. You can expand out to Parramatta, Fairfield and, you know, and beyond. For a long time, their home ground was named Death Valley. It was nicknamed Death Valley. And that's because it was extremely run down, dilapidated building. Uh, they were basically the laughing stock of the Shoot Shield, which is a first grade rugby union community. When we first came on board as Cumberland City Council and we came into some unexpected money, I took that money and invested $13.5 million of it to build Granville Stadium for the Western Sydney Two Blues. That stadium now has a 750-seat capacity grandstand, a his and hers change rooms, upstairs function lounge, referees change rooms, you name it, it will be the number one rugby union stadium in New South Wales. And it's all because we take pride in our local community. And so that Merrill Minute you put forward to write to state members to support the team because it's possible they might not be in the competition anymore. Yeah, just as we're about to finish this stadium and present it next month, some of the uh, more affluent clubs have decided to get together in secret and pull the rug from three Western Sydney clubs and they've uh, drawn up a list of unrealistic demands and given these clubs about six months to meet those demands knowing full well that it will take the Western Sydney Two Blues and the other two rugby union clubs uh, probably about two or three years to meet these expectations. We're very hopeful that with this state-of-the-art stadium, the Two Blues are going to be able to acquire the required sponsorship and the players to compete at a very high level and stay in the first grade competition, which is a shoot shield. So we're advocating very heavily on their behalf and on behalf of our local community because the two blues represent our community here at Cumberland City Council that we want a fair approach. We want them given three years to meet the criteria and we think that's a very fair timeline. If they haven't met the criteria by then, by all means, do what needs to be done but we are very confident with our support they'll be able to meet the criteria and beyond now that they have these new state-of-the-art facilities. Great. And the next Merrill Minute you put forward was support for local uh, businesses and the community because of the current pandemic lockdown. So tell us what support that will provide. COVID is something we all thought we would never live through in our lifetimes. Definitely, I never thought I'd have to experience um, something like COVID, let alone try and lead a community through it. People are suffering. Um, You know, people now haven't worked for essentially three weeks this time around. Businesses are shutting, a lot of stress is being put on families. So as a council, it's vitally important that we try to do our bit to help our residents. Uh, At the last council meeting, I moved a mayoral minute where we uh, put a hold to outdoor dining fees, essentially waiving them till the end of December. And any council-owned assets where we're the uh, lease or 
we uh, provide rent assistance to our leasees if they come to us and ask for our financial assistance because they're doing it tough. And I understand you're also working with um, sporting groups and community groups to refund their bookings for venues as well, which I'm sure will help those groups a lot too. Again, COVID, the uh, the thing uh, the thing that just keeps giving in, and not in a good way. You know, our sporting groups and community clubs are very important to Cumberland City Council. We recognise why there are why COVID's around. Sporting groups and clubs aren't able to get out and hire and use the facilities as were intended. So we'll be offering full refunds or uh, credit notes where requested. Let's move on now to the affordable housing policy. Now, it said in the report that went up to council that 70% of low and moderate income households are under rental stress. So about 19,000 households. And that means that they're paying 30% of their income or more on housing. So tell us a little bit about the affordable housing policy and the targets you have um, set in that. Yeah, absolutely. Look, um, it's no secret that Cumberland City Council has one of the poorest demographic of residents in New South Wales. And as a council, we need to step up and try and assist our residents as best as we can. The figures we are setting for affordable housing between 5 and 10% should be able to assist uh, our residents, um, you know, move into housing that's affordable and keep their families and loved ones safe and secure. Also at that council meeting, council adopted an IBIS plan of management, a bit of an unusual one. Everyone would be familiar with the IBIS bird. So why did council have to develop a plan of management for those birds and, and what's in it? Well, we need to be... Um, we need to develop a dedicated um, and sensitive plan of management because, quite frankly, you know, you get insensitive comments where people say, "We'll just take air rifles to them." That can't be done. You know, these things are living creatures, and we need to develop an appropriate plan. With that uh, plan of management, it will involve humanely um, rubbing oil on their eggs, so that way um, it stops the egg from breathing, and they, the chick won't hatch basically, or the ibis uh, won't hatch. And that's a way to move forward to humanely um, deal with the problem because they are a problem. They are polluting our streets. They carry many diseases. And um, quite surprisingly, it's high on the list of complaints that council receives from local residents. And I understand you're going to increase some habitat in the area as well to help move the birds into um, more appropriate areas rather than in the urban environment. Can you tell us a, a bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. We're improving the habitat in Pemaway through initiatives like National Tree Day, which will see 1,350 native tube stock trees planted at Marong Reserve Pemaway in August of this year. And by increasing their green space, we're encouraging the birds to remain within their natural habitat and out of public amenities. Great. And uh, another one here, uh, which has kind of been, been quite popular and I guess is a um, popular public figure, but the, uh, the naming of the grandstand at Lidcombe Oval, what's happening with that? Oh, look, um, we, we are excited to be naming the Lidcombe Oval grandstand after the great Tommy Radonikus. Tommy spent many years training and playing at Lidcombe Oval and represented Western Sydney proudly. So in memory of Tommy Radonikus, we are very excited and proud to rename the refurbished grandstand after Tommy Radonikus.
Great. And the last item that we'll discuss is the appointment of a new general manager. So tell us, what is a general manager? What's their role in council and how do you go about appointing one? The general manager has probably uh, one of the most important roles to play in council because he or she oversee the running of the operation and in Cumberland City's case, uh, just over a thousand staff. You know, when you're talking about budgets of 350 million and a lot of staff to look after and 250,000 residents, that's their role. It is a very important role. Um, we think uh, congratulations to Peter Fitzgerald for being the successful applicant. Their role is to not only work with the staff and with our community, but work very closely with myself to ensure that the operations of Cumberland City Council function smoothly. Um, you know, that's he's a, he's a conduit between the political arm of Cumberland and the operational arm. And so that's why his role is very important. Great. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. And we'll catch you at the next podcast. Thank you, Julia. We hope you've enjoyed this instalment of Council's podcast updates. You can follow along on your favourite podcast app or look out for more episodes on Council's website.